there will be fewer and fewer jobs that a robot cannot do better. Okay. What to do about mass unemployment? This is going to be a massive social challenge. Um, and I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. I don't think we're going to have a choice. Universal basic Un income. Universal basic income. I think it's going to be necessary. So it means that unemployed people will be paid across the globe. Yeah. Because there is no job, machine robots is taking over. Welcome to Mindwave. This is Jenner. And we have a surprise episode. It was very last minute, uh, but anytime an opportunity presents itself, we had to pounce. So on the line, we have Alex from our uh, very last voicemail blast. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, Jenner. Glad to be here. Yeah, this is awesome, man. That was a really cool message. I, I noticed that you had like spliced it and like to try and crunch it and i'm like okay so this guy knows what he's doing he's like very professional about it to try and get it under three minutes <laughs> and i'm like we just need to get you on, on the show <laughs> so well, all, all that was all that was was uh, i typed it up in word and recorded stopwatched myself deleted some stuff stopwatched myself and I, I, so i guess i hit i hit the mark wow i love it <laughs> I love it, man. That is so fucking nerdy. <laughs> very cool. Well, again, very thrilled to have you on. This is a uh, humanity first episode all about. Uh, I'm Andrew thrilled Yang. that you're thrilled to have me on because I'm looking at your upcoming guests and I, I don't want to name drop, but you got you got some really kick ass people coming online soon. Yeah, and I haven't announced the biggest ones. I'm keeping those. <laughs> I'm keeping those a secret. Yeah, Andrew got... M F Yang. I'm just. I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can totally cuss on this show. It's we okay, we I, we I earn the e. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I was copying uh, a nerds for Yang. Uh, he always says Andrew M F Yang, and I guess his kids <laughs> asked him, "What does M F stand for, Daddy?" He's like, "My friend." <laughs> 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 oh wow that's great yeah i love it man so we're gonna keep it real loose but i guess just introduce yourself like who you are where you're at in the world and uh kind of uh, your, your origin story i'm, I'm yeah yeah kind of like that I, i'm just a dude um and the more yang gang i meet the more i realize we got some fantastic folks in the yang gang uh some real thinkers some real open-minded folk and some real real backstories beyond myself uh i'm at we uh i'm in dayton ohio uh dayton ohio i just did uh, our first yang hang where we hung out with other yang gangers and we had our very first one last night and uh like i said the whole yang gang is just super impressive uh, I love it. <laughs> myself i was born in dallas uh lived in arizona for like a year and then in Alabama for 12 years and then Utah for a number of years. Uh, spent two years as a Spanish-speaking missionary in East Los Angeles. Um, and my background's in accounting, but uh, I went into the defense industry and that job took me to uh, England, uh, South Carolina, Colorado, and now Ohio. And um, it's also taken me to the number of countries in the Middle East and Central Asia, uh, a lot of uh, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, uh, Qatar, Oman, Kuwait, uh, and some other places where we're at, but we're not at. 
Uh, wow. Well, nothing super secret or anything. <laughs> just, just uh, actually now pretty run just, of the mill stuff. Yeah, you're you're well traveled. <laughs> yeah, my uh, a couple years ago, I met uh, I met a girl in Ukraine, and uh, went back uh, five four times five trips total to uh, court her and uh, eventually immigrated her. And as Andrew says, she made America that much cooler. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we actually did the legal immigration process. So I got some experience in that as well. Um, wow. So yeah, just a broad strokes. Uh, I mean, the acquisition uh, kind of industry acquisition in the defense industry. So that's, that's a summation of, of, uh, of Alex. Wow. I dig it, man. Very cool. And I knew that you were instantly that you were going to be an interesting person to talk to and it needed to <laughs> not have to crunch into three minutes. <laughs> well, well, despite how interesting, like I may sound, I'm actually like kind of boring, especially compared to like my brother is, uh, he does music production. He's a top ranked DJ in Nashville and he does, he makes his, you know, he does, uh, he does karate. He studied kung fu in China, and he uh, he's a trainer. And uh, my sister, she she went to film school in Canada, graduated top of uh, top of three hundred students, and now she works all sorts of things in film. Uh, she has millions of views on YouTube. She uh, she does she's she now does like oh man, she does everything, but. Yeah, again, like I said in my brief little intro thing, you know, <laughs> I don't want the UBI for me, but I would love the UBI for the creatives of the world, like the podcasters and the musicians and the film producers. And uh, and that's really vital, I think. Yeah, that ended up being a theme. And it, it was totally by accident that the when the when the the last voicemail blast when they started coming in they all kind of had that yeah like it was either about you know yeah i mean the voicemails are fucking great man i i need to pump these up so it's this is a a <laughs> middle of the thing blast i'm actually getting mikey on i think i'm talking to him tomorrow so that Sweet. was going to be humanity first uh three this will be three that'll be four but then that's an opportunity again if you guys liked that voicemail uh saying get in on that now i i, I, like, I plugged that to uh one of the interesting <laughs> folks i met at the uh, dayton yang hang yesterday i was like he started talking about in his previous work he literally was writing code to replace uh, I mean, a white collar worker in you know a certain field and uh and i was like dude you need to call into this this guy and give him your three minute spiel because uh that's pretty interesting I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that is tip of the spear of what we're talking about. Like not just blue collar, not just, you know, old factory jobs. I mean, we're talking like what people consider, you know, upper class jobs are just, just going to go away. Yeah. It's some scary shit. Um, and we're going to, uh, you are assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming you're like brand new to the mind wave thing. So what this show is, we're covering, we're covering Andrew's campaign just because we fucking love the guy and he's so inspiring. Right. Uh, but we want to go fucking everywhere, man. So we, we try to cover uh, a lot of science. We want to get into a lot of really cool uh, stuff, particularly, you know, like uh, 
biotech is going to be a big theme, artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, all that. I want to find people who work in these industries, like the lab grown meat industry. I need to do a whole thing about that. Like all this future shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. I need, and so, yeah, man, it's uh boundless well, possibilities for Mindwave. Well, but yeah, that's mind- that's my quick intro of what <laughs> our show is trying to be. But yeah, it's if, if Mindwave is uh, boundless possibilities, uh, I want to drop a Mindwave exclusive. Uh, I actually wrote a song just for this podcast. No. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Really? You you want you want me to drop this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. I call it the Star Spangled Scarf. You may or may not recognize the. Uh, you may or may not recognize the tune. All right, let me, let me, uh, I got my pitch pipe here, hold on. No, that's not right. Ooh, Andrew Yang, can't you see? Is for humanity. He's your Asian friend with a freedom dividend. Robotics and AI. You will need UBI. It's not immigration, rather it's automation. All our metrics are crap. GDP is a trap. We need a new scorecard to fill in the gap. Make America think just a little harder for the opposite of Trump, an Asian man who likes math. Ah, fuck it up. Oh, so cool. <laughs> This is like a very unexpected, uh, unexpected surprise. Well, and that's the in- gang gang. Gang gang. <laughs> yeah, like man. One, one morning I woke up and Yang had, you know, an anime opening, uh, an unofficial anime opening. And I was oh, like, yeah, like this, the random shit that comes out of like super creative people. Uh, yeah, that man. Fired. You don't see this in, you know, a Biden campaign. You don't see oh, this d- from a- any campaign. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, He's got nerds fired up like like the the meme army. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just and and it's so many creative people oh, yeah, are, are getting behind this, and that's why I'm like I have to get into this and I have to start telling these people's stories. So, uh, and a good chunk of the people who've left voicemails are are, are going to get the full treatment. They're going to get a full sit down. Um, I, I'm mentioning this as like a a note in the back of my head for how I'm treating these is like how everybody got to know Andrew was over a long form conversation, you know, on Sam Harris's podcast on Joe Rogan. So I'm, I'm doing the same treatment throughout the Yang gang, like trying to get to know, let us all get to know each other. And, uh, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's very cool. If you got to go back and listen to those at the very least, uh, this last one was really fun and it was in person, which is, is fantastic. That's, there's another level to that when you meet Yang gang in real life, yeah. uh, especially if they like travel hours to see you, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty surreal. Yeah. I'm hoping to see him when he comes to, uh, Columbus, uh, 
if I don't get tickets to the debate, then uh, I'll at least go to the to rally. He's going to host a rally there as well. So nice, man. Yeah, if he gets anywhere close, I think probably Phoenix would be the closest he'd come. I don't know. He he's uh, he might come down to the border. Who knows? I'm like right by the border, so I don't know, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew campaign. Be. Andrew Andrew's campaign follows this on Twitter. So I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a prediction. I heard the I heard there's gonna be a trucker protest in DC. I'm gonna Ooh. make a prediction that he goes to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he'll be standing. Absolutely. He'll be standing on top of Fred's big wrapped truck. Fred the uh, felon. Yeah, man. He was on the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Excuse me. Excuse me. He's OG. Yeah. Yeah. Fred's a cool guy, man. So, uh, where the hell are we? <laughs> um, how did you find out about him? What, what, what was your first exposure uh, to the Yang universe? So usually what I do is I, when I'm at home, I'm, I'm playing games and I have YouTube running. I have like three screens in front of me and YouTube's on one screen. And, uh, I, I watch uh, Kyrgyzstan. It's the, um, uh, it's like the ducks, like the animated, the flash animated ducks, and they teach you different topics. And one of the topics was UBI. Hmm. I just let YouTube roll, and it went from Kyrgyzstan to um, to a TED Talks on UBI, and then it, it went from TED Talks to to Joe Rogan. And uh, I didn't even really notice the transition. I was like, "Who is this guy?" And then, like in that first hour and a half, he's just dropping like. Stat, 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 you know, number, 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 number. And, oh man, immediately I was hooked. So, uh, and I was, I was really into, um, to Tesla at the same time. I, I was just buying my, my, uh, Tesla model three and I was, I was really researching all of the automation features that Tesla had and was pursuing. And uh, those two worlds just just blend so nicely. Like w- when Andrew Yang says, you know, automation, you know, cars are going to drive themselves in the near future. And I now have the Tesla. Uh, I can tell you those cars, they're, they, they are going to drive themselves. And it's not 10 or 15 years away anymore, uh, which is what we perpetually thought the last 20 years. And then we just kind of got used to that being the number like, oh, it's always 10 or 20 years away. Uh, no, it's, it's around the corner. It is absolutely around the corner. So it, it just really hit me like, like obvious, like everything was so obvious. Uh, and, and as soon as Andrew Yang says those words out loud, you're like, oh yeah, of course, of course that's, yeah. what, that's what's happening. It's just like, what is that going to do? Nobody else is even thinking about the problem. And he, he brought <laughs> no. this up like a, a, I'm one of the original, original, I think I consider, I think like, oh, original, I like, I uh, no, like, uh, I found him on Sam Harris and it, automatically I'm like, I bought the book. <laughs> I listened to the book. I was terrified and excited and like screaming from the rooftops. Like you guys need to listen <laughs> to Andrew Yang and nobody knew who the fuck he was. And then he went on Rogan and like, Oh man. Yeah. He, he's exploded from there. And now he's, he's hovering around like what? Fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah, and that's, I think he underperforms in the polls. He thinks he underperforms in the polls um, compared to his actual support. And I think that's correct. Oh, right. Yeah. But, but yeah, the polls have him as high as four and as low as six right now. So it's probably outdated by the time somebody listens to this, but. Um, <laughs> right. 
Well, well, when it comes to politics, momentum is more valuable than numbers. Oh yeah, it, it is all I mean, about momentum. Uh, fuck, fuck the polls. They're notorious. They're not a good. It's, it's GDP, not a good measurement of success. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, fuck the um, electability argument. I hate this argument so much. Oh yeah. Oh, the, we we need the most how, electable candidate. So how we need electable Biden. was Donald Trump? I mean, like <laughs> exactly. Really, like, is that is that the argument we're still pursuing? Like he now. he killed the argument. It's dead. It's buried. Don't ever use it again. I hear <laughs> pundits do it all the time. You guys need to knock it the oh. fuck off. <laughs> uh, I love it, man. Oh fuck! I put my bell away too. <laughs> I have a bell. <laughs> oh man, I want to hear a bell. Uh, okay, I'll get the bell. Fuck it. No, no, no. I, I got something. I got something here. Uh, that's that's not very ringy. That's just a. Uh... It sounds like a bicycle, <laughs> a bike bell. Yeah, there we go. Order up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 exactly. It's, uh, it's the distraction bell. It's the funny joke bell. It's the, it's the universal bell that <laughs> you need to have a drummer and like, he just that. waits for a zinger and then right. you go. I've, I've been playing with the audio a little bit more and adding uh you know more sound effects and transitionals and stuff and usually it's just i'm being goofy but like long term i'm it's gonna be a lot of that but very professional sounding and like all, like, like those 90s shit. radio radio hosts they have all the sound effects like at the ready on the buttons and stuff or yeah or yeah, the mad, have mad a... money mad money guy he's like bye 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 sell 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 <laughs> Yeah, the idea is actually. Oh, I haven't mentioned this on the show yet, but I have. I have another MIDI controller. It's an. Um, it's a full keyboard, and then I'm gonna. I'm gonna custom design a software instrument, mm-hmm. um, with all custom sound effects, and then cue them up, and do the little sticky notes on the keys, and have that there you go. shit queued up live. Um, but the idea is to make all our own sounds, and then we're gonna make those sound, and they're not gonna be you know like goofy. Go- some there's gonna be some goofy ones, but um, we're gonna make those all available in an open source library called texture um, just for other creators around the world to use them for whatever, if they have a school project or a YouTube video or a podcast that they're trying to do, we want to just make a bunch of really fun, cool audio for people to play with Uh, total tangent. It's also the tangent bell. (laughs) Uh, That's usually why Josh ends up hitting it. Uh, I love it, man. So humanity first. This is, uh, man, what is it? What does humanity first mean to you? I guess. Oh man. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's, it kind of ties into, uh, you know, the new, the, uh, American scorecard of we, I love, I love GDP as a number. I love watching our goods and services be multiplied. And uh, I always, I've always been waiting, for example, for the 20 hour work week and the 15 hour work week. And given our production, like that's what we should be at. Um, but we were just stuck in this religion of work uh, in America. Uh, and so humanity first is, is, I think, measuring those those things about the human experience, you know, 
life, liberty, happiness, pursuit of happiness. I mean, are we obtaining life? Are we obtaining liberty? Are we obtaining the pursuit of happiness? And and if we're not, then let's let's put humanity first and and obtain those things. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty core to. That's the one thing. I mean, beyond beyond the freedom dividend. Uh, and I mentioned this in the first one. That is the most important policy: the humor, the human-centered capitalism part. That's like redefining, redefining how we because capitalism think about success. Capitalism is not human-centered. It's uh, it will eat up and spew out humans, and that was the big you know back in the day. You know, the communists were like, "Hey, look how terrible pure capitalism is," and then America was like, "Well, look how terrible pure communism is." And like mm-hmm. Andrew says, these these thoughts are out of date. Um, you know, pure capitalism is bad, and pure socialism is bad. And but there is there are elements of, of each that uh, that fit quite nicely in a human centered capitalism. Yeah, and that's that's one of those uh, what you call it. He's. Yeah. <laughs> definitely threading the needle there with the with the uh because i mean everywhere on the right now or not the right exclusively but among republicans uh rio would have (laughs) bitched me out for using that incorrectly so thank you (laughs) um yeah a lot of them because socialism is like the enemy you know it's like the, the big bad boogeyman that's like the whole you know the whole uh trump re-election campaign is oh you know socialism oh you know, it's the same. The, the people uh, in Congress who are just progressive—they're not—they're not socialists. But that it, that word's being thrown around uh, oh, yeah. a lot. So I think I think he he's by very carefully saying that you know, like this is this is about improving capitalism um, and not just going full socialism, but like taking the ideas that work. So I I think that's it's. I mean, and that's why his base is so diverse. You know, you got absolutely. You got, I mean, full-on I, libertarians, you know, and and evangelicals, and it's it's a trip, man. <laughs> I I was raised conservative. I consider myself somewhat conservative. Uh, and you know, last election cycle, I I just couldn't. I looked at one side, and I was like, oh hell no. I looked at the other side, I was like, oh double hell no. And uh, I I voted Gary Johnson. Uh, he's he, I'm not a liber. I don't consider myself libertarian, but. You know, he was a rational human being who, uh, who didn't seem too extreme in my view, and uh, and I was like, oh yeah, surely, surely people will just wake up and and no, <laughs> no, they did not. Anyway, yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird time. That was a really weird that, time. <laughs> it's so, the entire shit's been like, it since that since like late 2015 early 2016 just like i feel like we're in another fucking universe right now like something yeah. something's not right something happened at the lhc and they didn't tell us about it we've shifted into another dimension reality's all fucked up and weird nothing makes any sense and then and then we got this fucking glitch in the matrix over here andrew yang coming to save the day <laughs> <laughs> like, glitch in the matrix i love it man i love it other than um, like, well, what are you? What are your favorite policies? I mean, you you left a really touching uh, story about how how the freedom dividend would impact the people that you love and care about. Right. Like, just general policy wise, like the ones that might not get talked about a whole lot. Do you have any standout favorites? 
my favorite, and this does not get talked about a lot, is um, you know, Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang are both you know, let's end the forever wars. Uh, and having served in the defense industry, uh, I I see that as a waste. Uh, not not I, and and not in the, just the human sense. Uh, you know, of course you can't. You know, money doesn't replace lives and 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 you know heal families but even in the bigger sense how much money is spent on the logistical chain like like if you think of afghanistan it is it is a logistical nightmare you've got to ship it you got to ship supplies across the world you have to drive those supplies across land and over mountains and and through enemy controlled territory otherwise you got to fly them in um it is we're it is just a money pit um and meanwhile, our 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 military, which is the best military in the world, it's 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 other nations are catching up to us uh, because they're not involved in these huge long logistics chains. Uh, if we were to take away those logistics chains and re refocus on improving the technology in the you know the military, you could spend less money to better effect. And uh, one thing that's always said is uh, America is always the best at preparing for yesterday's war and the future wars. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they're going to have hypersonic missiles. They're going to have, you know, uh, space is going to be an issue. Cyber is going to be an issue. Uh, And these, and these are all things. Biological warfare biological that's that's one i worry about even social like even the even you can even wage war on the you can wage war in the in the space domain in the information domain the cyber domain and you can wage war in the social domain uh even across social media so we don't i mean an aircraft carrier doesn't defend you from and you know you can have an awesome airplane and these are all great platforms, but they don't defend you from, say, hypersonic missiles. They don't defend you from a cyber attack. They don't defend you right. from uh, chaos being sown by by hacking a, a, a social network. Um, so, so I I think, and Andrew has alluded to this. Uh, he's he's talked about you know. And people, he doesn't want to bring it up because he does. I'm, I'm sure, like talking about reducing the defense budget is not a popular topic, on, especially on the right. But I think you could spend less dollars to greater effect, and uh, that's a that's a policy that's not talked about a lot. And Andrew Yang is all for that kind of thinking. Oh yeah, I mean, the, just the math alone. When you look at, um, I don't know if I'm thinking of the right one, but like the F-35 program and and these other kind of like big, big, huge programs where we build these big things we're never going to use. Right. You know, we're, we're not going to roll in somewhere with tanks. Those are the, well, I think they're, they're not going to roll up on the shores. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> red Dawn. Red, uh, was it Red Dawn? Red, red, red Dawn or Red? Yeah. Red Dawn. Uh, wonderful movie. Totally implausible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah you're, we're never going to get into a, a shooting war like like that and uh I, I think yang one time said he's like you know we already have six different ways we can kill each other uh like one nation can totally destroy the other nation does it really matter if we have a seventh i mean we're already at this point of like we have to trust each other uh 
yeah, and and some people call that naive, but I mean, he's he's right. I mean, there's there's asymmetrical ways each nation can destroy another another nation, um, and and yeah. So I mean, it's a different world, and a lot of politicians are not thinking like that. Uh, I think back to John McCain, and I got so frustrated when he was defending the A10 program. And there are people who love the A10, and I don't want to hurt their feelings, but. I will say it wasn't a very forward thinking uh, where he was like, he was like, you know, bashing on, uh, bashing on people who were trying to get rid of the A-10 and, you know, his information, his experience was obsolete at that point. And uh, he basically defended a program that, you know, high officials in the, in the military said, we don't, we really need to save money and move it towards the future fight. And he was like, no, I'm going to make you keep this old thing. And uh, it is too much of that in politics. Too many armchair generals who think, you know, mm. they're going to keep they're going to keep jobs, especially Congress. They're going to keep jobs in my little sector. And my little sector builds this old, obsolete, you know, military thing. Uh, and and I'm going to keep this old, obsolete military thing going because uh, it means jobs in my in my district. So. Uh, I, yeah. I, th I think I think Yang would be much more conducive to forward thinking on the acquisition, the military acquisition side. Yeah, because and um, you know you mentioned the 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 social domain being being uh, open to this, and we are going to cover that whole internet research agency thing, uh, the Russian uh, social media campaign into the 2016 election. At some point, I have some feelers out. Um, for experts to actually get into what exactly happened there. Um, and this is in a whole other series I'm calling The Outrage Machine, which is just kind of like larger social dysfunction, tribalism, all, all that. So it's it's a separate project I'm working on. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking of it kind of like a documentary. So I'm going to really take my time with that one. But yeah, man, it's uh, these. this is the shit that we got to worry about, you know, like we have to worry about our power grids. We have to worry about, you know, our energy infrastructure being subject to, you know, cyber or, or I mean, biological warfare is the one that's <laughs> one of the ones that scares me the most, you know, right up there with nuclear. Nuclear is a whole, I, I mean, war weapons, guys, because we are yeah. a very pro nuclear energy podcast on there. And then one fell to go, oh, no, yeah, no, I, I do mean uh, nuclear weapons. That's, uh, one of one of the ones. Uh, I, I can't believe how much yeah. flack he's gotten for being pro nuclear. Uh, I think that's just such an ignorant, like people who like, oh no, we need clean energy, but not nuclear plants. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's, uh, and they just have this idea of you know you know, oh nuclear plants are gonna they cause all this radiation and nuclear plants just there's like glowing you know it's like the Simpsons. You know, three-eyed right. fish are going to be in the water, and it's just like our our culture has has uh, over demonized that energy source, uh, especially with modern oh, totally. reactors and you know thorium. And he wants to do thorium. Um, I, I've heard I've heard different experts have different takes on thorium, but regardless, I mean, it's something that should be pursued uh, at all costs, especially uh, anything that would give you nuclear power without leading to. Uh, nuclear material that could lead to weapons. I mean, just why not? 
you know, why not? <laughs> no, absolutely. We we need to fully embrace nuclear. And it's it's because of this misinformation thing. There's a lot of misinformation and they travel in memes. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like, kind of like a cancer. Like you saw that Fukushima meme, I'm sure, which everybody was like, look at all this radiation that was dumped into the ocean. And they, the map they're showing is was like of wave heights or something. It had nothing to do with, you know, the release of radioactive isotopes into the surrounding waters. And there was so much fear mongering about that. I mean, these are the same people who, and the, the, it, it I've talked about this a little bit, but the environmental movement has kind of been hijacked by these like tinfoil hat people who are scared of clouds and Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's a big part of it. Um, we've just barely scratched the surface on the uh, agricultural biotech thing, but we are going to get into that. We are going to get into vaccination. We are going to get into all of that on the show. It's just, you know, got to have the time, man. Got to have the time. But every once in a while, a cool window like this pops up and uh, we can make it happen, which is uh, which is awesome. I love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, technology, man. When you look to the future, what are, what are some of the technologies that are your, you're most excited about, like fields that are advancing? Uh, like I said, Tesla, self-driving. Um, the whether it, I believe Tesla will be first to market with self-driving, but I'm, I'm pro any company that's getting us there. Just the thought of, especially electric cars that self-drive, the value that's there is just immense because then all of a sudden, like imagine, imagine, you know, a car comes to pick you, comes to pick you up at 10 PM and you go to sleep in the car and you wake up and instead of traveling to an airport, and uh you know going through security and waiting for your plane and then waiting for the plane to take off and then the plane lands and waiting to deboard and getting your luggage and instead of going through all of that you just go to sleep and you wake up in a new city and oh by the way it was a you know a clean mode of transport and it costs less i mean just imagine what that would open up uh as far as opportunities to travel and uh and see the world oh man awesome I'm also a, a early adopter of uh, vir virtual reality. Uh, I got my I got my virtual reality set up, and uh, that's that's been slower to pick up than people initially predicted. But the it, it's all about hitting that knee of the curve where you you, you get to a point where the ecosystem is self sustaining, and so there's going to come a point where like it'll be cheaper. You won't have to waste all these resources on office buildings and stuff, if you have infinite screen space, like you have an infinite sized office in your basement uh, or your office space and you have infinite screen space, you can have 20 screens in your office uh, for free. Uh, I mean, and then you can, you can beam into a meeting where you can physically see, you know, uh, lifelike avatars of your business partners. Uh, I mean, that, that will just reduce the cost of business down to next to nothing. Uh, self-driving cars, I mean, you won't need all these mass. You take you take a utility rate for a self-driving car. A car is utility rate about 5%. You're only using it 5% of the time. If you mm -hmm. start using that 15, 20, 25, 30% of the time, all of a sudden you don't need as many parking lots. And if you look at Google Maps, how much of our cities are covered in parking lots? Uh, just the reutilization uh, of what you could do there. Uh, so there's a, those are the big, big technologies uh, that I'm looking forward to. 
Yeah. I mean, in in places like New York now, I mean, the, the even the idea of car ownership is almost absurd, you know, and it's it's like this in, in places that have, you know, a fairly decent transportation infrastructure in terms of, you know, it, public transport. It doesn't make us make sense to drive a car there. I mean, unless absolutely you're absolutely like not. And that's a you know, that's a that's a that's another generational gap that we're seeing. And Andrew Yang said I mean, he said, and he was the only politician I've ever heard say this. He's like, we may not own our cars one day. And all the young folk get it. They're like, yeah, of yeah. course. Why would, Why I would you want to own one? Exactly. When but, you could just push a button and it could show up and take you where you want to go and then fuck off. You don't I have to worry that, about it. When I bring that up in Ohio to middle age or older folks, they're like, are you crazy? I'm always going to own a car because they just have this this mental paradigm of like, yeah. why wouldn't I have a car? Like I have, like we have a garage. I mean, we have a garage. It's essentially a house for our car. If you went to India, <laughs> yeah. and said, if you went to India and said, "Oh, I, I have a house," and they'd say, "You have a house," and you're just like, "Oh, I have a car." They're like, you have a car, and you say, "Oh, I have a house for my car." They say, "You have a house for your car." <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Oh man, yeah. Oh. So I just, just the the lack of a paradigm shift from and i was i was trying to bring up and one thing that scares me about the gang campaign is how hard it is to break through to the older generation and how much he skews young and how how little he skews old on his uh, demographics and i had this experience uh, the other day i was getting a haircut and i had this old you know traditional uh you know older black gentleman barber and uh, he started bringing up politics. I don't remember exactly what. And he's like, oh, the man's sticking it to you. He's going to keep you poor. I can't remember. Uh, and I was like, hey, have you heard of universal basic income? And I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. This guy, you know, he's a barber. He likes what he does, but he doesn't make much money. And this will be just a shoe in. And instead, he's like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he just went off on all these old statistics that were in his head and he, he, for literally 30 minutes, as he was very slowly cutting my hair, uh, he, mm. he did not, he did not like, there was no, there was a wall there. There was an absolute wall. I could tell there was no way of penetrating that like stuck in the mud, like would not open up his mind to, uh, and it's not just this one barber. I mean, it's in general, it's very, you become very set in your ways as you get older. And that's, that scares me, uh, both for my personal life, I hope I never get to there. I hope I'm always like, "Hey, young buck, what do you what do you have to tell me? What's your opinion on things?" But also for Yang campaign in the present day, I'm like, "Well, yes, it's the right thing to do, and yes, the young people see it because they see it happening. But will older will the older generations, you know, catch up? Or they will they get that? Oh, maybe I need to shift my paradigm just a little bit about what." What does it? What does economy? What can the economy be? What is production? What is work? What is the value of work? What is the value of life? And and, and those are really Andrew Yang is asking us to make very, you know, fundamental shifts in our paradigms, uh, and that's very hard for you know the older you are, the very it's much much harder to 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 get at the roots of, of a lot of these paradigm shifts. Yeah, I think I don't think he's run a single TV ad, has he? Because I mean, that's knowledge? part no. of that's part of reaching that demographic. That's a lot of landlines and it's a lot of like, you know, cable 
big time, you know, ad space. So it, it's, it's a matter of time. I think it's still name recognition is, is oh, yeah, explaining absolutely. a lot of, a lot of the lack. Um, but, um, what you were saying about the freedom dividend, I think that was a, a, a great strategic move on his end to frame it as a dividend and frame it oh, as like, yeah. no, it's not a handout. It's, you know, you deserve this as a shareholder of the richest economy on the planet. You know, what I like found is, is people do not care about the freedom dividend. Uh, actually I was, there was a coworker of mine, young, uh, younger mother. She, she, she took time off of work to, to raise three kids and now she came back to the workforce and I was like, Hey, you know, what would have really helped a thousand dollars a month. And the first thing she said is I don't need a handout from the government. And, Okay, and then I realized I I learned slowly over time. People do not care about the what, unless they understand and believe with the why. So the best way to get into that conversation is, hey, uh, robotics and AI are going to produce massive amounts of wealth, uh, and it's not going to be distributed. What do you do about that? Then they're open to the idea of, okay, well, you know, if we tax, you know, maybe you tax the wealthy, or maybe you. Maybe if you had this dividend of like your country produces this wealth, take a portion of that wealth and spread it amongst the people. Uh, and that's not socialism. That's just capitalism where that doesn't start at zero. So that's yeah. been my experience. Imagine how fun the game of Monopoly would be if you started with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't, you, can't, you can't play the fucking game. <laughs> that's been excellent. I've, I've heard that and that's an excellent uh, analogy. Yeah. Everybody's got to start with something. You got to, you, you pass go, you collect $200. That's how that shit works. It's, it's, there are nuances that make it a bad analogy, but as, a, as an icebreaker, I think it's yeah, a good it's one. Yeah, it's a good icebreaker. I like, uh, I like to talk about the data, the value of people's data, because that's something oh, that, that's I mean, a great one. You can talk, you can say, you know, have you seen self checkout lines taking away jobs at Walmart or touch screens taking away jobs at McDonald's? But if you, if you really frame it as like, no, your data is the most valuable thing on the planet right now. And it's you creating, are producing value yeah. just by, just by what you click on Google, by what you click on Facebook, you're producing value yep. by, by, you know, different things that measure like, oh, you spent, 20 seconds hovering your mouse over this ad. Uh, yeah. And that tells me something about you and about the effectiveness of this ad. I mean, the, all those little tiny things you do that collect those cents, those little pennies, one by one by mm -hmm. one by one, that they are, and, and Andrew Yang said, your data is now worth more than oil and people get paid for oil. Why aren't you getting yeah. paid for data? Yeah, the data one, especially with all the... Um the shit that happened in 2016 all these big breaches you know equifax breach or or whatever so people are are becoming more aware that their data is actually worth something they're just i don't think people realize how valuable it actually is it can literally swing the election of the most powerful country on earth and it's creating you know hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars and creating these massive massive entities like google and yeah. Uh, Facebook now is uh, fucking ginormous, which That's, if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have thought you were crazy. But so, um, somebody told me about 20 years ago, he's like, uh, YouTube was brand new. I, I, it was my first time like logging into YouTube and it was decades ago or I don't know, 
I can't, I can't mm. imagine how long, but he's like, one day everything will just be Google and YouTube. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. And I thought this was, you know, just a place you went to go see cat videos or something. Uh, and now, now I, I barely touch my Hulu or Netflix. I don't have cable. All I have, I mean, I, I have those things. I, I have YouTube. I, I have a Netflix and Hulu, for example, but most of my consumption is YouTube. Uh, huh. and that's, uh, I guess that's just goes to show you, uh, one policy this brings up that doesn't get talked about enough is Andrew Yang's idea of a dial between pure privacy for my data and pure profit from my data to where you can switch that dial, you know, how you see fit, you know, uh, as, as a consumer, as a producer of this data. Wow. I have not heard him talk about that, but I did. Oh, he's talked about really it a couple of really times. Smart. He's like, I'm for the payment of data. Like I am, I'm, I'm for everybody having as a, what is it? Like right to your, like you have the right to your own data, uh, right. right of, I can't, I forget how he phrases exactly, but essentially he's like, okay, if I'm a person, I don't want anyone to have my data. I deserve the right to privacy of my data. And I'm going to turn my dial all the way down to pure privacy. And then if you, then there's like different stages of like, okay, they can track my demographics or they can track my location or whatever you, you determine and whatever the market determines is of value for your data. Um, you can turn that up, but you get, you know, a, a, a paycheck or, or an amount that just goes in your bank account or something to that effect where you're, you're, you're essentially compensated for you producing something of value, which is that data. So yeah, they, yeah, they, a lot of the one thing making it either. all possible. I have not, I have not heard of that. And I am like huge for Andrew Yang. So that's, I'm, I'm surprised and disappointed in myself. No, that's very cool. <laughs> I have not, I, maybe I have maybe not I need that. to look it up on the policy page and make sure I'm not blowing smoke. But I've heard him talk about it on multiple occasions. Hmm. Yeah, man. Any other any other uh, policies that don't get talked about a lot? I want to I want to do that a lot on the show because um, you know obviously the freedom dividend is awesome. freedom dividend um, uh, democracy dollars is amazing. Uh, I think it's yeah. talked about more than other policies, but it is, it is a truly doesn't get talked about enough in the greater. I think any any politician who's running on a quote unquote grassroots campaign should be yeah. pro democracy dollars. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's it's taking the grassroots to the whole to the whole shit so that we can use our money to wash out all the dark money. It's a brilliant fucking idea. I love it. That's another really cool one that I'm all about. And then just like the weird little obscure ones, like getting rid of the penny. I fucking love it. I Oh, I, yeah. I, w- I, I was hate, thinking about that decades ago. Uh, I was a weird little nerdy kid. And I was like, how much does it cost to make a penny? How much is a penny worth? What are the metals inside of a penny? What is the cost of transporting this around? And, and my mom, uh, God bless her, she's a little bit of a hoarder. She, uh, she has like change pots everywhere. Where like oh, she empties out her pockets, or you know, there's some and yeah, the pennies and the coins and the quarters and the but mostly pennies just get everywhere, and then they just kind of lay there for years uh, until somebody gathers them up. And you think in your head, "Oh, I'm going to take this to a coin star someday," and usually you don't. Usually they just lay around. That's what they do. That's what that's what <laughs> pennies are for. There's a, there's like twenty. There's like 
there's like a handful of them in your car for when you need exact change, but you think you're going to need it someday and you never need it someday. Uh, yeah. it's, just, it's just sitting around. That's what they do. It, it takes up space and it takes two cents to make every one penny, which <laughs> exactly. is stupid. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other ones that don't, that don't really get talked about a lot. Let me see if I can jump on his policy page. Oh, that's good. See, we got a real nerd, guys. <laughs> well, I got my three screens up, so uh, I can, I can, I can policy the hell out of this uh, policy. Damn, look at you. Yeah, we're not, we're not very like. I'm not a huge policy wonk, <laughs> you know. I, I, I'm not too much of a pundit, so anytime I do kind oh, of cover things, I make it more. Here's uh, here's one. Humany. <laughs> So he has multiple. Uh, so his big ones are Medicare for all. And I, I'm younger and I have through my work, I have like uh, medical coverage. So this doesn't, it's not something I'm thinking about. It's on the forefront of my head. So I, I can't speak to that so much, but uh, carbon fee and dividend. Uh, I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you having lived overseas, uh, I was living in England for two years uh, I went to the I went to an English gas station and it's do you know how much it costs for gas? It was like one pound thirty nine pence, and uh, I was like per, I was like oh per gallon and like no per liter, and I was like a liter. So and I did the math and it came out to be about eight bucks a gallon. I was like yeah. ha, you stupid overtaxed country ha ha ha, you're 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 paying too much for your gasoline. Oh I'm sorry your petrol. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I later, it wasn't until like recently, uh, I, I came back and I, I learned that the majority of our cost of gasoline, because we don't include the externalities in our gas. And we, we literally, um, we literally, uh, we subsidize the consumption of fossil fuels to an extraordinary extent. The, the true cost of gas should be about $8 a gallon. If we were paying the true cost of gasoline, People would go electric like in a heartbeat. They it would be an economic like just switch and it would just change overnight because the it would just be like the obvious decision. Like it wouldn't even be about saving the planet. It would be like, oh shit, I, I gotta not pay eight I can't afford eight dollars a gallon. Are you kidding me? And then people would go, Oh, there's this electric vehicle that gets, you know, you know, roughly your per mile basis, it gets, you know, a quarter or or a 20% or 15% that price. Uh, so that's carbon fee is an absolute must. Uh, if you're if you're talking about back in the day, back in the day when you're a country, uh, and there's not, you know, electric cars yet, and you want people to go to work, you want people to go to the store and buy things, you're subsidizing them to perform these economic activities makes sense. Modern day, we're where much of your activity happens online uh, and you have this, you know, emerging electric technology that's viable, that's usable, that's at a point now where it's at and starting to surpass the, the, the capabilities of their gas powered counterparts. We should be, we should like remove that subsidy yesterday. Uh, so carbon fee and dividend is another thing I don't think it's talked about enough. Yeah, it's about placing the placing the incentives in the right place instead of mandating, you know, mandating behavior. We incentivize behavior. I think that's really smart. And he's gotten in a little bit of a iffy place on 
on on this surrounding uh, agriculture is getting attacked or and transportation too. I think some of the smears that I've seen are people not not getting what he's saying there. Oh, Andrew says, you know, everybody's going to have to go vegan, which is which is not <laughs> obviously not the case. Uh, I did put this on Twitter. I sent a video up up the channels. I don't know if it's reached him, but I I think that he should. Uh, you know, in his agriculture policies, the language is very, it sounds very good, but I want specifics. And I think that he should be talking about, uh, you know, the potential for biotechnology and, you know, gene editing. And like I was saying, cellular agriculture, lab grown meat, like these are all industries that um, people are thinking, oh, you know, that'll be something we'll think about in 50 years or whatever. Like, no, this, this shit's happening now like and it's accelerating extremely fast so what did it cost like a hundred thousand dollars for a lab-grown cheeseburger like oh my uh, gosh two years ago and now it's like oh we got it down to like a hundred or something i don't know it's still expensive but it's like it's that's going to be real and i'm signing i'm signing up day one <laughs> oh yeah absolutely uh I'm, I'm going through these policies here's one that that having worked in the government acquisition sector the the of the military uh, sector, uh, automatically sunsetting old laws. Uh, what I've, having worked with a lot of these regulations, um, like the regulations surrounding acquisitions, it, it just grows and grows and grows. Um, and I, I think, yeah, he has this idea of like, if your law, after so many years, your law automatically sunsets and goes away. Unless you care about it so much, you're willing to repass it, essentially. So I like that. From a from a managerial standpoint, um, that's that's one area the government could could really like just just declutter all of this this these books and books and books and of of just old laws that don't don't serve anybody. Nobody knows them. Nobody really cares about them. But they're there. I see. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just about modernizing in general. And this is, this is, I think the, the core of it is just like a young nerdy, you know, like same kind of quasi my generation sounds like he's kind of like around, you know, like we grew up in the eighties and nineties and he's like one of us, man. He's a nerd. who's just like oh, found yeah. a solution for everything. <laughs> and he's open to, he said, you know, I'm, I'm open. If the data changes or the, or new data is presented to me, I, I am open to new data. And uh, other people are like, "Well, I'm gonna evolve on the issue." No, he, he's he's all about my my evolution requires data. It's not it doesn't require uh, you know a change in public opinion. It requires new data. Yeah, and that's really that's really kind of foundational. And he, he it's it's the scientific method in action, but he's not he's not explicit about that. Um, but yeah, modernizing totally voting, uh, the military. He, uh, there's a, there's a there's a make make better use of military basically uh, take some of the take some of the military uh, use the military essentially to build uh, he's talked about he talked about this one idea I, I was only in one podcast where he's like make a branch of the military that's not part of the military but basically make a civil engineering branch where you know people who wanted to serve the public could join that, get skills just as if they were joining the military, but they're not part of the military. They're not part of like, uh, it would be, it would be essentially like civil engineer core, 
uh, where they're just building infrastructure. They're, they're just, I mean, they have a job, they have all the benefits you would get from the military, but in a civilian form, essentially. Um, you know, that's a wide sweeping idea. Uh, I don't know if it would work, but it's, it's a unique idea and something to think about. It's a fantastic idea, and you can tell that this guy grew up like he he could probably kill fucking Sim City. I'm sure he could. Oh, I remember Sim I City. He's, he's this guy. His, his brain. What is he? Um, he's a, a a huge StarCraft nerd too. He's like some oh, something StarCraft. level level. Pro, well, he's a Protoss guy. So I, like I, resources I and I building <laughs> like. I'm trying to get my sister into the Yang gang. My sister is a, uh, she also does, uh, she does Twitch and YouTube where she's a, a pretty popular, uh, pretty popular. Um, she does uh, D and D and I keep telling her, uh, nice. Hey, my, Hey, this guy, Andrew Yang, he used to play D and D before it was cool. And she's like, Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully she'll, she'll catch up and realize that this, this nerd, uh, this this nerd would be right up her alley, but uh, oh man, he's so fucking nerdy. I love it. And then <laughs> no, every all these old uh, all these old pictures are popping up from him in high school. I'm like, I knew that guy. I I just bought the 1992. <laughs> I, guy, I just bought the 1992 throwback T-shirt of like that goth looking Yang, and I can't yeah. wait till I, I can't wait till it arrives. Oh man, I love it. I absolutely uh, love it. What was it? Uh, Problem Solver Politics uh, just did a just did a show on uh, Andrew Yang's uh, Halloween costumes throughout the past. It's a phenomenal episode, but it, it just shows him as it showed him as like a, uh, oh like a punk Yang, and there was you know Wizard Yang, and just just <laughs> Yangs through the years. And I can't wait! I can't wait for Halloween to see to see if he does something for Halloween while on the trail. That'd be amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw the uh, Captain America one, and his kid was Batman or something. Yeah, super cute. That is going to be the most adorable first family I think in the history of ever. <laughs> oh Man, yeah, and I'm, the Yang I'm family so, is beautiful. <laughs> so stoked for uh, Evelyn's big big debut. Uh, he keeps talking it up, and uh, whether it goes well or not, I'm just going to be. <laughs> she's gonna kill it she's gonna oh yeah she's she's absolutely gonna kill it yeah i'm excited well did you have any questions for me like i said is uh i kept it pretty uh pretty loose pretty impromptu i don't have any any notes here i just had to get you on to talk andrew and stuff but is there anything about me or the mind wave project that you want to know about no way jenner just keep doing what you're doing um loving your Loving your uh, what you're talking about. Loving what uh, who you who you're gonna have. Uh, I'm I'm actually gonna definitely gonna start listening because some of these some of these guys are whew, amazing. Uh, which ones Which ones are you excited about? <laughs> it's on your page, so I, I'm I'm really excited about yeah, the that's Scott these Scott Santons. Um, yes, he's he's agreed. TBA. I yeah, I got to uh, I gotta get him on the calendar. That's that's a struggle there because like yeah he's you know, full time he's a very busy very important person and I'm a very he's, busy not very he's, important person but he's yeah. part he's part of like that whole brain trust of you know uh, of I mean he's he's the UBI guy so that'd be and then oh, yeah. uh, boy 
you also have the um there was another caster you you had or gonna have on um it was under humans what's his name he does yang gang baby who's that guy voice voice mindful skeptics mindful skeptics yes yeah he's been on once uh and that was like a crossover for like um our shows were just kind of hanging out together basically. Um, and we didn't get into Yang too much, but I'm going to get him on this humanity first series. too. I, I will say, Yang I story. will say all the podcasters and YouTubers, all the, the crossovers that they do, they are like, and they support each other's podcasts. They support each other's channels. They say, Hey, check out this other channel. It was just, the Yang gang is just so it's not like, Oh, I, I have better coverage of Yang than that guy. I mean, it is, it is a, such a, such a team effort. It's amazing. Yeah. There's tons of collaboration. Um, I'm getting, uh, the Yang gang report. I think I'm sitting down with them tomorrow. Mikey, I'm going to go on there. I'm also going to go on their live stream thing apparently. Cause that's what kids do now. So, <laughs> yeah. The internet is make is starting to make me feel old with all this social media stuff, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I'll do it. I love it. I don't want to show my it, age. Man. I don't want to show my age, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling more and more left behind. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. It, it's yeah, evolving too crazy fast, uh, but that's why we need somebody in the driver's seat who can, uh, you know, who uh, knows how to use Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I just see some of the candidates, uh, the top three candidates are all like seventies and I'm just like, you, you have no idea what you don't, you really don't truly understand, uh, whether your heart's in the right place or not. I can't judge that, but you, I can, I can judge the fact you, you do not understand technology. You do not understand what's coming down the pipe. You do not understand. I don't care who your advisors are. Uh, you, you personally need to understand it. Um, if, if you're going to be effective leader. Yeah. And some of them have just straight up like Elizabeth Warren said, that's uh, like straight up, not even a thing. Automation is not a thing. That was, was ridiculous. What? That was, <laughs> I, I, that, that was a jaw dropper. I was like, you have got to be shitting me. Did you just say that? Did you really just say that? And then she cherry picked, she cherry picked like this little bit of information is like, Hey, look at this information. And you're like, that information is so not applicable. It, it, I, I can't believe, I can't believe she did that. I thought that, I think that's going to bite her, bite her in the butt in the long run. Yeah. She lost a lot of support for, uh, for shitting on nuclear too. When saying like, oh yeah, we're going to get rid of nuclear power, phase it out. Like both her and Bernie. That is just, that. that's just, that just showcases such ignorance of technology. Uh, and technology is going to define the future. <laughs> technology is going to define, you know, the next, it's the fourth industrial revolution. It really is. So if you're not on board with that, if you're not, if you're not at the tip of the spear with that, then, then you're not the right leader. Yeah. I don't even know if the industrial revolution is a good analogy because I, no, it feels, it's not. this feels orders of magnitude bigger. It's bigger. It's faster. It's here's something Elon has said. And right. Andrew has said is that humans have a very hard time uh, conceptualizing progress in the form of S curves, you know, exponential growth. Humans are very linear thinkers and we have like top leaders, like looking at these charts and stuff and, and plotting linear lines to them. Uh, 
Whereas, no, true technology, the evolution of technology and the evolution of industry as a whole, especially through a rev- an industrial revolution, it's an S-curve. And it just, one, once it hits that knee of the curve, it just explodes and then it tapers off at the top end. Um, and people are not accounting for that because um, we're, we're humans. We're not wired to think logarithmically. Well, we are in some cases, but, but generally speaking, when it comes to our intellectual, the way we process that information, it's we are linear thinkers. And it takes you stepping out of your own box to, to forecast an, you know, an S-curve. So that's why, like, like uh, on Tesla, if Tesla reaches autonomy first, for example, they have mi- they're going to have millions of cars on the road, and then one day the cars are going to be semi-autonomous, and then they they do an over-the-air software update, and now you have millions of self-driving cars on the road. Uh, it's it's all it, it's all like you hit that curve and it just goes. It just it's just here. It's just there now. Yeah. And, and people were like, oh, Moore's law can't, you know, it's going to, it's like, no, it's, 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 that's speeding up too, isn't it as well? It is. And it isn't, it, it is in the, it isn't in the sense that we're, we're, we're getting to the point where we're, we're computing at the atomic level. And so in order to compute more, you have to go subatomic. Uh, But, but if we crack that subatomic level, then then the the computing is just going to be insane. It's going to if we, if we crack that, then it's just going to be absolutely ridiculous. Didn't Google just announce something in quantum? There's they been a lot made... of noise around quantum recently. Yes. Yeah, we got to cover that at some point on the show. Um, they, it's uh, yes, this is coming from three days ago from New Scientist. Uh, this week in science, this week in science, Google has reached quantum supremacy. Here's what it should do next. Uh, it's ready to go. Or is it? Google appears to have reached an impressive milestone known as quantum supremacy, where a quantum computer is able to perform a calculation that is practically impossible for a classical one. Um, so I'm not going to go into this whole thing. I'll put that link in the show notes. I got to try to get better about doing that. Uh, yeah, quantum supremacy. I remember hearing this recently. So yeah, we're we're going to get all, all into quantum computing, and AI, and robotics, and consciousness, and uh, oh, so much cool shit. Yeah, we're we're, we're digging into the future because uh, fuck, I just heard something about space elevators. I'm like, see, let's do an episode about space elevators. <laughs> It's uh yeah the the it it really is boundless and uh, you you are a very cool person to have uh, joined Aww, this little thanks. mind wave universe. Uh, we're very happy to have you, and I I expect to be coming back to you many 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 times in the future because uh, you are clearly just made for this. Do you have a background in podcasting or anything? I do not actually. Um, no, I don't. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe it or runs in the you, family. Like I said, my my sister my sister does uh, Twitch, and my brother does all sorts of you know audio production stuff. So, I might have the genes for it. Don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. This is <laughs> this is super fun. I don't know if we had. Uh, it's an easy thing to I, nail I when you're passionate time. about the uh, the the passionate about the subject matter. But oh yeah. 
man. That's why I was like, well, I couldn't find my notebook, but I'm like, well, I don't really need it, do I? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, uh, you know. Yeah, we've hit an hour. I don't want to bore your, bore your, bore your listeners too much, but really love. Oh really love no, not at all. This whole thing. And I could go on for hours. I mean, this this stuff is just exciting. Yeah, well, there's uh, you know plenty going on in the world. That's uh, for certain, and things uh, in our own government are about to get very, very interesting. So, you know, new shit happening all the time. New scientific discoveries. New. Uh, I will crazy say crazy paradigm shifts <laughs> for the first time. Like for the first time since I've been alive, uh, technology is hitting that point where keeping up with just the developments in technology is a full time hobby. I mean, it used to be like you know there was this you know invention every few months or this new thing every year or so. Uh, but now, I mean, basically, I get home and I'm I'm looking at technology develop. Uh, it's no longer that stop motion kind of thing. It's, 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 it's a full-time hobby just to keep up with what's going on anymore. Oh yeah. It's nuts, man. And then, uh, you know, so people kind of shit on, um, and I've even shit on Apple for the kind of planned obsolescence thing. Um, cause it seems shitty, but it's ultimately necessary. So it's, it's actually kind of smart. Now that I've never thought of that before, but it really does make sense because look, guys, this shit is not going <laughs> to like, it's going so fast. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to need to start phasing out the old shit because you know, like we don't, we don't use tape decks anymore, guys. People don't even <laughs> really use CDs anymore. Uh, um, we were just talking about C- this at the Yang Hang last night. We were like, do you remember when Joe Biden said, play a record for your child? So can- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? A record player. Oh, that was oh, hilarious. Man. Play a record. I- and somebody said, somebody actually pointed out, you know, he started to say gramophone and then corrected himself. I was like, you're right. He did start to say gramophone and then stopped himself. I was like, oh man, oh man, you can't make this, you can't make this shit up. That was just too good. That was too good. Yeah. I put out an album every year, like during the, around the holidays and, and and I, I put them on CDs and I got a special printer so that I can print right on the discs. And every year now I'm like, yeah, I got CDs. And then people are like, we don't, I don't even have anything that can play a cd anymore like <laughs> i don't know what to do with that there's like most of them so i i phased it out and i've gone full digital on those but i uh, we were yeah, cleaning man, out it's nuts we we're cleaning i told you my mom's a little bit of a hoarder we're trying to help her clean mm-hmm. up a little bit ago and you're finding cassettes you're finding like eight tracks and you're finding like cds all over the place and uh yeah it's it's just it just it's just a constant it's that physical reminder that that obsolescence is creeping up faster and faster every day. Yeah, man, I have, a, I have a external hard drive. That's like the size of a large book and a flash drive with more space on it. It's yep, just like, yep. uh, it's nuts, man. I like the USB C. I can't wait for that to become standard. Yeah. That's going <laughs> to be a awesome. nerdy thing. Yeah. I don't like those other little, I, yeah, that's, that's what I use uh, for my phone. It's USB-C. It's, it took me a while to, to to come to terms with it, but now I have, and I don't want to go back. <sighs> yeah, man, I got to get a new iPhone, and I'm not 
I'm I'm not happy. I I I don't like the face thing. I don't want to do the fucking face thing. I want my thumbprint. That's like that's how I get into my phone. I'm not holding my phone up to my face every time I want to unlock it. It's stupid. But uh, I really do need a new phone. But I guess they got rid of all the thumbprint scanners and all of them. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, this has been fan fucking tastic. Oh, thank, thank you, you again Jenner. for uh, making the time and hanging out with me this morning. And we are definitely getting you back on the list. All right, I'm going to uh, write a new song our... then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, that was an awesome surprise. Yeah, we're we're gonna get you in our in our Rolodex of uh, definitely cool and interesting nerdy people on the planet to talk to. So, oh, and thanks, uh, you know, check. Uh, oh, you know, my pleasure, man. Check out the schedule if there's anything if if there's any topics or areas of of interest for you, things you want to talk about. Let me know, man. We'll we'll, we'll schedule a time to do that. So. Okay, awesome. Any parting words, parting thoughts for this humanity first uh, series? No, I mean, it. this is what the uh, movement's all about, is this, you know, long-form, open-minded discussion uh, amongst, you know, people who are keeping an open mind and just and just really willing to change their paradigm uh, of, of what the earth, what the world should be, what life should be. Um, and, and I think that's really going to help us move the needle. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to be a part of it, head over to mindwave.media. You'll see a series tab up at the top. Humanity First has its own page there. Or you could just go to mindwave.media slash humanity first, but make sure to put a little hyphen in there. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do the whole thing. Follow us on the socials, the Twitters, the uh, this and that. We this is uh, I want to put this out right away, so I'm not going to wait to collect a bunch more voicemails. But if you've been following our voicemail thing, um, please get in on that. It's super cool. I just put out a couple YouTube videos. Um, I put the audio into a video. I I put the phone number on there and everything. So if people can start calling in and leaving those, you can call anytime, 24 hours a day. Those will stack up, uh, and then we can have those to put at the end of these awesome humanity first episodes so that is it for me thank you for listening and we will see you next time